Welcome to the video cast books, kids and creations with Tracy Bloom. And today I am really excited to speak with the one and only Sherry Williamson, who is the author of the Woodland Elves series. And I am just so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Sherry. Oh, thank you. It is, it is absolutely so exciting to be here with you. And I'm really glad we got to meet in person yesterday. Yes. So that was wonderful. Yes, we did. We, we are both in Ohio and um, we both have had some work at similar art fairs before. And so it was just really nice to, to meet you in person um, and see just some of your books and some of your wonderful creations. Um, today, we're going to be talking about all that you create, um, especially things that inspire children and help just bring some magic and joy to this, this planet. You're amazing. Um, so let's start off and talk about, so you have been inspiring children. It's nothing new for you. Um, you were a teacher for 40 years, so you've been inspiring kids for a long time. Um, what had you change or shift into writing children's books? Well, I loved every single moment of all 40 years I taught. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But at some point, you know, it's time to retire. And I have to tell you that teachers never fully retire. They just find a new way to teach. And I'm kind of a high energy person. And so my retirement lasted approximately an hour and a half. And then I went into, okay, what am I going to do next with my life that has some significance? And so that's where I went. But I will tell you the real reason. I mean, there are many reasons why I switched to writing children's books. Well, for one, it was in my computer from years, decades ago when I said, when I retire, what do I want to do? And the number one thing on my list was write children's books. And so when I discovered, okay, now is the time of my life to do that. But the real reason, when it came down to the nuts and bolts, the real reason I wanted to do this is because... I know one of the greatest legacies that we can leave behind is joy. It's just joy. And we can pass that along at any age, under any set of circumstances. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world is doing. We can share joy and we have that's a choice that we make. And my choice was, even though I'm the grandmother of the group at 75 years old, even though I'm the grandmother, I still have the ability to make that choice. What do I want to do? And I just decided I, I do want to continue to pass the joy of life around because it is important. It is important in this very troubled world to continue to do something to make a difference. So, and, and I know, I understand that this is a digital world, but I still know the importance of books and sharing those moments. And it is still to this day, it's still the top or one of the top indicators of how a child's success is going to be in school. How much his parents read to him or her and read with them. It is still one of, if not the top indicator of how a child, of his success in school. So I, I do want to encourage, I don't care how many digital books there are. I still like the hardback. Let's do this together. Let me put my arm around you and read together. So that's, that's the real reason. I, I just don't want to be able to pass the joy of life around. That's the bottom line of that. Now, <laughs> these books right here are just 
full of joy and magic. I read every single one and was just like, I felt like you took me into this whole new world of just, it was like walking into the forest and feeling the magic of being in nature in every story. And there's just this, this awe and this magic. Talk, can you talk about what inspired the Woodland Elves series? Yeah, you know what? And I really can, but I have to tell you a large part is just what you mentioned. A large part of this whole project is nature. And I want kids to always rediscover the magic in nature. And I get very concerned when I go to a restaurant and I see whole families of people on their cell phones and they're not communicating with one yeah. another. And when the kids go home, they're glued to a TV, a computer screen, something. And I want to be part of getting kids, it, it, letting them experience the magic of being out in nature and feeling it and, and sharing sharing that inspiration, collecting moments, not things. Yeah. Making moments yeah. that they'll remember forever and connecting with somebody special in the woods. And um, I, you, and we'll talk about this later, but we do have an adventure trail. The kids are not allowed to come alone. Nobody comes alone. They come with a family member. They come with a parent, grandparents, aunts and uncles, because I want them to experience this together. I want them to be curious about nature. I want them to explore. I want them to get excited about nature. So, uh, you know, nature obviously is a huge, huge part of it. And, I, you know, the intention behind it was very simple. I just want to make a small positive difference in the world. And I had written that before I ever started writing the books. I wrote down, why, why would I even do this at this age in my life? Because I want to make a small positive difference in the world. I didn't say a small positive difference with my family or Ohio or the United States. I said the world. And when that is your specific intention, it came true. And here we are. Uh, seven or eight years into it, and we're in 92 countries and all seven continents, which we'll talk about later too. But you know, it, it all comes down to the intention. What do you? Why are you doing this? And why do you want to inspire yeah. people? So, so I love it, and I love that every book that you have um, has a different experience in the same more or less the same set of woods or with the same elves and the same trees, but there's a different experience that happens every time and it changes with the seasons. And it's just so, it's so meaningful. And there's these powerful lessons interwoven into the stories. And I just was just like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. So um, what are some of the, the lessons that you've tactfully woven into your stories that are some of your favorites. You know, I, I tell you, it was very important to me and partly because I went back, like I told you before, I, I just feel like it's a really troubled world and it is my responsibility to do whatever I can to, to help in this. So I know that I have opportunities along the way and I'm going to, I'm going to take those opp opportunities and I do know your voice, my voice, everybody's voice makes a difference. And so I think I consider the elves and fairies to be the messengers. They are the messengers of joy. They are the messengers of love and peace and oneness and compassion. 
So through every book, as you have read, I try to incorporate the things, the values that I think are really important for children to know right now. Um, connection, communication, harmony. One of the lessons, I don't think a child is ever too young or too old to learn we are one in this world together. I am not standing alone. I'm going to work with everybody. And I want kids to know when I say we are one in this world, it's not just human beings, it's animals, it's plants, it's everything. We are all one. And if we destroy our planet, we destroy everything. And so I want them to learn to take care of our planet, take care of what they have in their own backyard. And it's just the whole yeah. message is very simple. It's just about oneness. It's just about oneness and believe, continue to believe in miracles. And uh, the other thing, one of the messages I want kids to know is you don't always have to see something to believe it. Uh, I, I believe the fairies are there. I may or might, may not have seen them, but in my heart, I believe they're there. And so sometimes we don't, we can't grasp the fact that there is a bigger concept out there. I may not see it, but I believe it. And so I don't think kids are too long yeah. to learn that message too. But you know, that, that's why I just really want to help uh, create an extraordinary life for children and allow them to remember the important, the important things in life, the important messages and not get too far off track uh, in this day and age. I want them to always be able to come back to what's that all about? It's about love. It's about compassion. It's about connection and communication. So, yep, yeah, that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's, that's where I went with that. That's why I did that. One of, one of your other books, so I love this one, the Buried Treasure Book yeah. is one of my favorites of your whole series. I don't know why, but yeah. I just found it really cool that, you know, the elves go to the beach and they meet other elves that are not like them. It's a, you know, tribal, they come from the, you know, the palm trees, they come out of the jungle and they find this, this connection through friendship and through joy and just wanting to build a sandcastle together. And I think like just that simple lesson right there was so neat because, you know, how often do we meet people that aren't like us or maybe don't speak the same right. language as us? Right. Yeah. And I just, was there an experience that you had that evoked that part of the story? Well, there was, I mean, there, the real truth behind that is our, our daughter and her family live in Florida. And so the, the area where they live encompasses a lot more uniqueness than Marion and Delaware, Ohio. And so when our grandchildren go back and forth, I love it. I absolutely love it. And so I wanted the elves to take that journey where they are here in the beginning two books is in the one and only forest, the one and only forest right here. But I wanted them to realize the world is full of, full of other forests and they don't look like your forest, but we're part of the same family. So I wanted them to get to know, let's branch out. You don't, don't, don't stay in your cocoon, let's branch out. But yeah, there was a very specific incident that happened in my life and I, but my entire life I've, I've been dealing with, with that. But one thing, 
when I was a freshman in college, and I'm going to try to tell this story fast, but I was uh, working in the Catskill Mountains, and I was the program director for an international camping experience for very disadvantaged children from New York City, and we brought them out two weeks at a time in buses. Well, since this is an international organization, for some reason, the kitchen crew all over the United States decided they were going to go on strike. But they went on strike at the time. The director and assistant director of this camp, where I was in the Catskills, they were married and they were having marital uh, discord. And they said, Sherry, we're going to take a week off and can you, you'll be in charge. And can you just take care of 500 kids? And I said, yeah, I, I can do that. I've got it under control. And probably the day they left is when in, around the United States, all these camps went on strike. The kitchen went on strike and they locked up the lodge and they locked up everything. No keys, no refrigerators, no food. I have trouble fixing dinner for two. <laughs> I am the world's worst cook. And for me to be figuring out how am I going to feed 500 children until the director and assistant director come back. And all of a sudden I said, okay, here we go. I need somebody in charge of making campfires. I need somebody in charge of going to get food. I need somebody in charge of preparing the food. I need somebody you know, to do this. And the list was endless. And every camp counselor and all the counselors from, were from around the world too. Everybody jumped in and they did their part. And it became one of the most wonderful experiences of the camp. The kids never really understood that the kitchen crew was on strike. They thought this was part of their camping experience. Little did they know. <laughs> and, and that was my first real experience with, guess what? If everybody does their part, look what happens. Look what you can do when you work as a right. team. So I will tell you, teamwork, uh, teamwork has been a huge part of the Woodland Elves ever since the beginning. And I, um, I have always said, if you want to go far, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a team and take the best team you can possibly take. And that's really important to me because we have, I mean, most people, because I'm the one that's chatty, I'm the one that does the talking, most people think of the Woodland Elves sharing. But we actually have 45 people on our team. And the, the, other, two wow. that, the other two that are really well known are our illustrator is fabulous, Jay Johnston, and uh, our musician, and creative director, Russ Kendall. And the, so it's the three of us basically, but guess, guess what? We have an editor in one state. We have a printer in uh, Minnesota. We do the music in New Jersey. We have print page formatters in Arizona. Uh, they're all, there are 12 states involved in the production of those books. And then there's the, wow. who was it that built the trail? And who was it that donated all the fences that go all the way? And who was it that did you know, who was it that uh, worked with me in Guatemala to have the, that was Monica Rubio. She is a teacher and she got the uh, artisans from Guatemala City to make those beautiful, the beautiful bookmarks. But there have been people everywhere who are part of our team. And so teamwork is just an enormous, an enormous. We have volunteers who help on the trail all the time, retired doctors and nurses, retired teachers, retired friends, 
and they all make it so much better. The experience then becomes and just magnificent for children because so many people are involved. So teamwork's a huge, a huge part of our, so it goes back to, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, <laughs> go with the team. <laughs> you have a nice team. And with the, um, trail that you mentioned can you talk about that because i've seen pictures of it and i'm hoping to see it this summer but talk about this magical trail that you created after you started with the books i'll tell you one of the things one of the things we did early on we created um a trail it's in the back of our yard we live in a wooded area and we'd lived here 34 years before we ever even realized if somebody would dig through and I thought I had a map close by, and I don't right now. I can't find it. But at any rate, um, our neighbor literally did the manual labor, and it's got 34 tons of crushed brick lining. And we have like 12 stations, uh, a nature preserve, a, a bird sanctuary, a friendship bridge. Uh, there are all kinds of things all, all around the trail. And so kids would come with their families. I mean, we had... We had school buses pull up in our residential area. We've had people from all of, from several states come over with their families. It's always with, with the families. And they take this map. It's like a two and a half hour adventure. Uh, and so cool. take their map. And that's why in The Secret in the Forest, you notice there was maps. I noticed the kids love yes. with maps. And so they would take their maps. And I have a scavenger hunt with about 100 elf related items hidden out on the trail and so they go there's street signs all the way through the trail and so they go one street sign to the next and they find maybe but they're looking they're searching they're working with their family they're using observational skills to try to find all these things on this scavenger hunt and one of these stations out there we had someone build uh, a huge uh, outdoor television station. And we got some microphones. Russ helped me you know, make these microphones. W-E-L-F TV, ELF TV. And the kids get behind this, get in this television. And they have their microphones and they know, okay, now you're on TV now. And so they will get on their microphone. <gasps> I am in the one and only forest. And guess what I saw? I saw 12 elves and three of them had red hats. Two of them had blue hats. And I will tell you all their outfits they were wearing. And they go into the most amazing detail of what they have seen, literally seen on the trail. They will describe the elf houses and they they will stay there as long as they can. And they always go back to that because they want to be the announcer again. Now, one of the interesting stories there was that we posted something on Facebook um, many years ago of this somebody on their microphone. And I get a call from somebody in California, some man in California who thinks it's a real radio station a real television station. And um, I, uh, I, he, I, it took me about an hour to convince him, no, you don't understand. Yeah, look, look at the end of the cord. I mean, the, 
there's nothing in it. It's not attached to anything. These are children using their imagination and creativity. And that's the point of it. Let's let children use their imaginations. Let's let them be creative. Those are such important qualities we don't want kids to lose. It's not a real TV station. It's not real. <laughs> but but we had convinced him just by that little video. So I, I we love the trail. That's just one of the many pieces and parts to the whole thing. But we love the adventure trail. I think that's something kids um, kids really remember. And um, the other thing that we have that goes along with that is the Enchanted Village. And we have a separate building with an Enchanted Village. And there's music and uh, special lights. And we've had a lot of oh, cool experiences with that because most of the countries of the teachers, uh, that they're all teachers that come over from other countries, from 92 countries. Most of them have been here to our home. And some of them have stayed up to five weeks at a time. But wow. they will go out. Some of the most tender moments I could share, two teachers specifically stand out in my mind who went out in the Enchanted Village. One was from uh, Yemen. And in the middle of the war in Yemen, she literally just sat down and cried because she said, I, I have forgotten how to dream. I have forgotten the man being able, she said, we live in a war zone and we, our day consists of trying to stay alive. And I've forgotten all about the joy of being able to dream. And she just sat there and wept. And another teacher um, from another Middle Eastern uh, country also did the same thing. She sat down and wept because she said it brought back every good and wonderful and warm memory of her grandmother holding her when she was a child and telling her stories. Oh. And her grandmother had long since passed. And she said, this just reminds me of my grandmother who who made up stories and I that memory she said it had just I'd forgotten that memory and now to be reminded and so you know a lot of uh, a lot of people I, you know I, I could share stories till noon tomorrow and never <laughs> never never stop but there are so many wonderful wonderful stories to share and I bet you have some magical stories to share of some, have there been unexplained occurrences out in the one and only forest? I'm not even sure I would know where to begin. There are so many. Um, I mean, I, and I would start with, with those that I just told you because what, what I have been working with, I've been working with the United States Department of State. And the, the story is really too long to share. but And they have been here. They, they have sent representatives from Washington, D.C. here. And so what I work with is about 25 teachers at a time. They're all English teachers. Uh, and they have all been selected as the one most outstanding, outstanding English teacher from their country. And so where, where I might be dealing with 25 countries at a time, uh, they're all English-speaking teachers, and so they they come here to learn, you know, about our our um, education system, and then they take it back home. But the the experiences 
I mean, the fairy tale, the whole thing is sort of like a stardust, like magic and stardust and the magical gardens and, and everything that goes along with it. So one of the, one of the fun experiences always is I always carry with me a little tiny, teeny tiny elf hat in my pocket. And so I usually pull that out when I start to talk to the children before they ever go out on the trail. Now I want to show you if you if you walk slowly and quietly down the trail, you have to be really careful not to step on any elves because they're so tiny. But look what I found, and I hold out this little tiny elf hat, and their faces are <laughs> because they automatically before they ever step one foot, they they believe they absolutely believe. And the entrance sign we have an entrance to the trail that says. For those who see with their hearts, dreams begin here. Oh. And so, um, so I'm, I always talk to the kids about it. you have to see with your hearts. There is no running on the trail. You have to walk. You have to go slowly. And um, they, like I said, they love that. Um, they just, they love the, the whole experience, the, the entire experience. And one, one of them, there's so many magical moments, but one of them, uh, which I told you, we have these coins and they're called One Wish Coins. Oh. And I had gone to a school present. Yeah, oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you showed that. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, good. Thank you. One, little things make big things happen. And I gave them to the children at this school. And this one little girl afterwards came up to me and she said, Miss Sherry. I need to know if wishes do come true. I need to know if this coin is real. I need to know if I can make a wish, might it come true? So I had to explain to her, well, yes, wishes. You can make your own wishes come true if you work really hard and believe in yourself. And it doesn't mean they're going to come true today or this week or next year. But keep believing in yourself and you can make your wishes come true. And she said, well, then I'm going to give this coin to my grandmother for Christmas because I don't have any money to buy her a gift. I want to give her my wish. Now, you know, my Russ and I were going, we were just, <laughs> the tears were just rolling. I didn't even know what to say, except, well, you get another coin for yourself then. <laughs> Yeah. And um, I tell you, one of the magical moments for me was in your own county. When we went to, we had been asked to go to Buckeye Valley East. And unbeknownst to me, when we walked in that school, first of all, the entire school, every inch of that school was decorated from top to bottom. The principal bought elf hats for every child so every child was wearing an elf hat with ears the art teacher cool. with every teacher so every classroom door was fabulous she had three-dimensional trees going from this floor to the ceiling the whole school looked fabulous awesome. the music teacher had taught them the theme song which is the third one on the cd we are one and so Hundreds of kids came in and they were singing our theme song. The entire, the, the staff had made this fabulous lunch geared around uh, the forest and elf. 
So for me, that was a magical moment because I could not believe that everybody had worked together. Art teacher, music teacher, class. I would have cried. All, all the, yeah, and I did. I mean, I, I just wept because I was so, I felt so honored and the children were already into it. They were all, even before I even had to open my mouth. So it was, it was just uh, an, an absolutely incredible experience. So I, you know, I have great memories of Buckeye Valley East, but there we've, I've been to schools, you know, all over the United States and uh, the Yucatan Peninsula. I was invited to come down to Mexico and speak down there. And obviously that was a magical moment for me for a different reason. <laughs> and months of communication, the one thing that we assumed and never asked each other was who speaks English there. And so when a limousine comes to pick me up and two and a half hours later, we arrive at this school, you know, hundreds and hundreds of children and students. It is not until that moment I realized there's not one person there who speaks a word of English and oh I speak a word of Spanish. And so in a split second, you realize, okay, switch gears. How am I going to, how am I going to ins inspire them to feel the magic when we're not on the same wavelength? And as it turned out, the uh, owner of the limousine company happened by and he came in and said, is everything okay in here? And I, the teacher explained to him that we, we couldn't communicate. Very, and he said, you know what? I'm just going to take the whole, he was dressed in a, uh, you know, a tux. And he said, how about if I just take the day off and I will be your interpreter for as long, as many days as you want, I will just be your partner and I will do the, okay. and so, you know, I, I never believe in coincidence. I always think things happen for a reason. So for me, that was a magical moment because I needed, I really needed help. And 10 minutes into it, here comes help because I really don't know what I would have done, but I could tell stories of children and teachers where you see, you see their facial expressions. You don't, I don't even have to hear the words. I can see their faces when they realize I saw an elf and this is what he did. And then they will share with me conversations that they had with the elves. Oh, and that's cool. The elves said to them and what they said back, and then they'll draw me pictures. And so it, it's really neat mm -hmm. because they believe, they believe so much. And I, yeah. so for me, that makes, that just makes it all so exciting and so worthwhile. So yeah, those are a yeah. few moments, but there are so many, I really, I, I really, if you allowed me, I'd you know I'd talk like I said till for days, but I'll save some of the stories for another time. <laughs> another time, no, but that's great. They're those are fantastic stories. I mean, even the fact that I love that you have music that goes along with your books, and that the um, the school already knew the songs and they were all prepared, and then you added. Um, into your most recent books, you added QR codes, right? That take you to the music. We did. We, yes. Yeah, so okay. so yeah. Well, oddly enough, it actually worked in reverse because we, Russ and I started on the music even before I had started writing the book. And um, 
and so, you know, we went from the music to writing the book. We added that adventure trail. Then we added the enchanted village. Now, one of the things we also added was, um, I don't have that in front of me either, a card game, small talk, it's called. And it's 52 cards where I I gave uh, Jay Johnson uh, 52 emotions, love, fear, joy, happiness, uh, forgiveness. And he painted an elf or fairy face with that emotion. And on the flip side, I wrote a very short story about that emotion with two questions at the bottom that children could not answer with yes or no. They had to discuss it. And that is used all over the United States in guidance counselor classes and actually in Yemen. When Yemen was, well, they still are, but uh, at war, some of the doctors in the hospital in the capital city used that card game, small talk, to, in English, I mean, they read, they, the children were too young, so they did it in Arabic uh, to try to get the children to talk about their fears and talk about those different emotions. So, I, you know, it's gone all over. So then we went to small talk. Um, oh, one other thing I didn't even tell you. We had something called the Parade of Gnomes Homes. You know how they have the Parade of Homes all over in all different cities? We did a Parade of Gnomes Homes. Yeah. And five different states jumped in and joined us. And so children were allowed to work with their parents or grandparents. And they had to build an elf-sized home out of sticks or stones or or anything. It was the most fabulous. I mean, there were hundreds of these gorgeous homes. So we built a village uh, out of all these homes. And so that was neat. And then it got down to the QR codes. And I don't know why we didn't think of it in the beginning, but all of a sudden at the end of the last two books, we decided let's put a QR code on every page. So I brought another team member in to do that. And so um, Russ taped me reading each page and Russ and I did a little music on them too. Uh, And so all children can actually hear the author reading the books. Uh, and those last wow. days, we really loved that. And I, I don't know how we might be able to figure out a way to go back and, uh, you know, do something with the first three books in the series so they can do that too. But at any rate, we love the QR code. The kids all love the QR code. Actually, the parents love the QR codes. And, and I'll tell you why. And somebody uh, was over at the house last night telling me about that in their family because not all parents not all grandparents, aunts and uncles are really expressive when they read. They, they aren't comfortable with that. But if the, okay. yeah, but if the author is reading it, well, that makes it a little easier for them. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, but they're still with them and they're still together. So it's not like you're dumping them. Uh, so they're still doing, <laughs> they sort of like having, uh, you know, having somebody, hear the author read. So that, that was kind of neat. The QR codes. Yeah. Um, And then you had mentioned these really wonderful handmade bookmarks that you had made. 
Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really beautiful. And they have, you know, a little leather top here that says the Woodland Elves. There's a wish, you know, wish doll here. And um, you worked with another team. I love that you just have this humongous team that all works toward this wonderful cause of inspiring children and spreading joy and hope and magic. Um, who who made these? That I, There was one of the teachers from Guatemala who stayed in our home and her name was Monica Rubio. And she is magnificent. And to this day, thanks to all the wonderful ease of being able to communicate with each other, we call each other. So we still talk to each other on the phone. But she worked with the artisans of Guatemala City. And she encouraged them. Of course, the little dolls in the end, they're called the worry dolls. And the philosophy behind the worry dolls is if you have a worry at night, you take that little doll, you tell your doll the worry, put it under your pillow. And when you wake, wake up in the morning, the worry is gone. Now, can you hold that Tracy back up again? And let me, let me, so Monica had the artisans. One person made the doll. One person did the leather work that said the Woodland Elves. One person did the braiding. One person did the weaving, that beautiful weaving. And one person, yeah. the, uh, the heavy backing in the middle. So even down in Guatemala City, uh, they were able to use multiple talents and multiple people. And I uh, sent her money. So she paid the artisans and she got paid herself. And so it was a win, win, win. And then we ended up with a beautiful uh, bookmark. So everybody, it was a it win, is win, win situation. So, yeah. yeah, so she, yeah, 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 so she was one of many people. We just, we just have so many wonderful, wonderful people that, oh, I, I, one of the teachers that stayed here was from Nigeria and she went back to Nigeria and had her, the whole school, it was a girl's school. And she turned the Woodland Elves book into a play and the oh. school presented this, the Woodland Elf play to the village that's and amazing i feel like it should be a theatrical production i mean i can just see it with the you know the fairy houses and the trees and the tree house and this all the magic and the wonder and um and fairies and, I, and yeah you and i are on such a same yes I know that you can see that. Uh, and I, uh, let's see, where was that? It was in uh, New Delhi, India. One of the magnificent teachers there that I just love took the 10th grade teachers in her school district and the third grade teachers and paired them together and had the 10th graders practice reading English to the third graders so they could hear mm -hmm. English. And so she had 10th and third graders working together. To, and I love that. So she had sent me uh, pictures of that. So there are lots of countries that have taken the books back to their schools and done really, really interesting things with them. Um, so, and I've loved, right. I just love them all. There's, um, there's also some, some neat topics in the stories. I know that there's one that's very relevant, which is bullying. You have a bully in one of your stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that bully gets taken out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the names are so clever. You have Snarly Coyote 
in one and I love, this is so cool. So um, Snarly Coyote in the story is, you know, this big bad coyote and the little elves are so tiny that they feel like their single voice can't, you know, back him down, but then they hum together and it, you know, their collective voice scares the wolf off or the coyote off. And I just thought how relevant, you know, with everything in the world today, the collective voice coming forward and saying, right. change, <laughs> or, you know, not anymore. And, and very cool. I love, I do. I, I, there are a lot of stories that have very specific uh, meanings for me. And specifically with that, that one, with the snarly coyote, I, I am so saddened by the suicide rate in teenagers that continues to rise. And so mm -hmm. part of the motivation for that chapter was there's always a solution to a problem. No matter how big a problem you are faced with, if you just give it a little more thought, there's always a solution. There's always a better way to do something. And I, I want to make sure that message gets out when the kids are any age. And if they read that chapter, you know, you can come up with a different interpretation almost every time you read it. But one of them was for children to realize teamwork, work together, find a way, find a way to solve your problem as a team. It's not going to work by yourself, but as a team, it will. And know that every problem does have a solution. You just have love to. Love it. Yeah. So I, you know, I, that, that was part of the motivation behind that. And then, um, I, you know, I don't know. Did you read the chapter about me? The little girl named me, the fairy named me. Yeah. Love the fairy. Yes. Me, who is her own fairy. She is her own unique personality and she's not going to back down. And I love that because. I want kids to be themselves. They don't have to try to be somebody else. And we've got to accept everybody and love everybody. And me, because, and the reason she's named me is because when other elves and the fairies in the forest would say, you know, who are you? She said, I'm me. And that's good enough. I'm, yeah. And so yeah, she, I love it. Me. She's different looking too. Yes. And, and the bully chapter was uh, that that's a really big thing for me, too, because it just is so hurtful to see the way people are treating one another. And it be, seems to be coming more accepted. And I don't like that. I just think we need to be going right. in the direction. We need to be more kind and more loving and more compassionate instead of continuing to bully or berate people. And um, so that's why I did that chapter. Just so you know what? I love it. I love it. So Something else I was wondering. So here is your, your winter book. Yes. And this story, I, okay, I'll just open it up. So, so we can share some of the magical <laughs> illustrations in here. It is, I'll find my favorite page. Okay. <laughs> this scene right here it's a snowball fight but you can see so much detail in here and even the snowman has 
elf ears. And I just, I sat and I stared at this page and all of the pages for quite some time because it just seemed like there was little hidden meanings. And it was almost like, um, I, I just wondered how closely, I mean, you and your illustrator have to be like this because yeah. your words and what is portrayed are just, it's like they're, they're so in sync and so magical. And I just felt like I was constantly finding new things on the page and little stories behind them. And the, I just, I just love it so much. Like the little cannon here and there's the guy with the jug and it seemed like everything had a purpose. Jay Johnston, my illustrator, is absolutely the most amazing artist, as you can already tell. And Jay yeah. and I are neighbors and friends. And um, so I, I would write a page and then I would take it over to Jay and say, this is the way I envision this. And how do you envision it? And so most authors don't have that privilege of being able to work with the illustrator, but we do. And so Jay would paint something that he, the way he interpreted it. And then I would, you know, maybe go back and change some of the words on that particular book, that whole book, uh, a magical tale of winter that includes every one of my favorite childhood memories in that book of Christmas. And so, yeah, those are, those are actually all of our grandchildren and Jay's daughter. So all the way through all five books, that's one of the secrets. Those are actually all of our grandkids and Jay's daughter all the way through. But at any rate, the snowball fight, one of my favorite memories that I, I lived in a neighborhood of almost all boys. And there were there was one girl at least. But my dad, with the first big snow, we had a huge backyard. And he would get the entire neighborhood out and they would build snow forts and we had every year we had these fabulous snowball fights in the backyard at my dad like the snowball fight coach and it became the most animated and fun thing to look forward to and that's why that particular chapter was in there because it like every every one of those chapters in that magical tale of winter was a distinct memory of something that I I enjoyed at Christmas. Oh, and I, that's the book also where it's the, uh, the adopted dog in the beginning. Oh, they yeah, yeah. And, and I put that in there because I'm actually an adopted child. And so I wanted to open up oh. the topic of let's be able to talk about adoption, but I wanted to put it in a child's reference. And so I put that in uh, because it, the dog was adopted, but it would at least open up the conversation for let's talk about it. Uh, adoption and the importance of that. And like, yeah. And, and I like the dog just comes right into the family too. And it's, it was meant to be, like yeah. you said, everything has, yeah. you know, there's no coincidences and everything's meant to be. Right. And one other page in here that I thought was so, I mean, I, my family always made Christmas cookies every year. And I love this image right here of them in the kitchen with all the, I mean, just the detail in here of all the elves helping with the, you know, the cookies and the flour and the decorations. And it was, 
and it you just was so every piece is so just heartwarming of this story. And you can see in that exact illustration, one of the elves fell in the uh, icing. One of the fell yes. icing bowl. One of the elves fell in the elves uh, in the flower. One of the elves dropped an egg. I mean, the, yeah, his details are absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of the words that I have used uh, were ex my exact grandmother or mother's words, as I recalled, because mother was real, they were both, you know, real precise and picky and uh, there's no dilly-dallying. A lot of those words, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to dilly-dally. We're going to get down to this and do it and we're not going to waste time. And um, so, yeah, I love that illustration. I love that illustration too. And let me see here. There was yeah. another that, yeah, that the, um, on the back, on this page, my, my very favorite um, Christmas song is Peace on Earth. But that I, I put Aww. the elves going to uh, celebrate in a, um, you know, in something that my, my great grandfather actually had the sleigh. And I Aww. had real bells from that sleigh. But they would go to church on Christmas Eve in, in the sleigh. And so every time I, that's why I had to include that particular illustration in there. But there, you know, there, uh, every page has secrets. Every page has personal messages. Um, and in one of, let's see, I'm thinking it might be the third book, um, Secret in the Forest. There's a, a tree who comes to life and talks to the kids. And it's called, yes. yeah, it, it, the name of that tree was the name of my favorite class building at Miami University. Oh, so I, you know, they're they're just little stories. They're just little hidden messages all, all the way through the book, and I just it's just kind of exciting to be able to share uh, imagination with the kids and get see them get caught up in it and and have them enjoy it with me. Yeah, and so with the last year, I know a lot of us have changed how we're you know interacting with people due to COVID. And you are going to schools and having a lot of in-person interactions. How's it changed for you? And how are you still persevering and getting that joy out there through your work? Well, obviously everything changed enormously for everybody. And, and I knew that. And so I thought, okay, what I can continue to do is Zoom. So I've been Zooming all over the world for the entire year. But we've also posted several things on Facebook, several musical messages, several activities for the kids where I'm talking to the kids uh, back in the beginning of this when everybody was just trapped at home and they didn't know how to deal with it. And so I would I was posting uh, some fun things on Facebook uh, about that. But I guess part of what I know in my heart is that one of the world's biggest lies that we buy into sometimes is that we have no control over our lives, that it's uh, it's determined by fate or circumstances or where we live or how much money we have or circumstances and we have no control. But the truth is that we do. And part of the truth of this whole COVID is that the whole world, it wasn't just us, it was everybody was experiencing the same emotions, the same feelings, 
the same thing. And so I knew that I must continue to be enthusiastically, unstoppably happy in sharing a message out there because if ever it was important, it was this year to, to share right. that, even though I couldn't be in person. So, I, you know, I, I want to be able to help everybody live out their dream. I hope I'm a good example to everybody. You can follow your dream at any age. You, you, you know, it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And I certainly want our grandchildren to know when I kick the bucket, I've done everything I wanted to do. And I've done the best I could. And I'm going to continue to follow my dream to the, and be an example. So I, I hope that I'm an example for other people that you, we can always find a way somehow even in circumstances like this, to make the world a little bit kinder, a little bit more loving, a little more peaceful. And it's my responsibility to do what I can. So the only way I've been able to do that, Tracy, is like we are doing right now by yes. sharing. But fortunately, it's it's able to be done because of Zooming, because of your your program that you're on. We can do it. So we can find a positive message to say, we're getting closer to the sunlight coming back and we can hang in there a little bit longer. But it's, again, it comes down to teamwork. Everybody's got to do their part. And uh, I, just had, yeah. I just had this visual of like elves wearing masks, like oh, little yeah. mini elf masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many people have told me that. Do the, are, do the, are the elves wearing masks? Are they all wearing their mask? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I wish I could pull that picture of us up yesterday with our masks on. <laughs> I don't I don't think I can pull it up fast enough, but but it sure was funny. Um yeah. It, it was, was. yeah. Uh oh, so here. as far as um like I don't know, can we see that? There there we are. Oh, yeah. That's us in our masks. And there we are in we our masks. We are at uh, GNR Tavern in, in, in Waldo. Uh, Waldo. Yeah. So that's what we met halfway, and that was just, that was so exciting. And that's when I knew I had a soul sister, yeah. a soul sister right close by. I can't wait. <laughs> so I'm really proud of what you're doing. I am well, thank you, but I am I am so thrilled to have met you and to learn about everything that you're doing and you're still doing. Um, as far as new projects, do you have new projects on the horizon? Well, I always keep a vision board close by. And of course, unfortunately, as the case may be, my mind rarely stops. And so do I have a project? The answer would be, how many projects do I have? And uh, I would have to live yeah. with 120 to get them all done. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I can see, I mean, I'm going to start writing again, and I'm going to start doing some 15-minute uh, little programs for children on, yeah, um, on YouTube. But I can also see the movie. I can see the Woodland Elf movie. I can see the Woodland Elf theme park. 
That would be amazing. Probably, I would go. Probably not in my lifetime, but I can see it. I can see it. So I've already put my grandkids on. Okay, think ahead. We're getting started on the movie. You, yeah, you can understand. Right, right. Because you get that, yeah. And the play or yes. the musical or whatever. So we and Russ and I keep writing uh, music, and Jay and I keep uh, thinking, okay, you know, where are we going next? What are we going to do next? So yeah, I mean, yes, I mean it just continues, and I I hope that I can keep that spirit uh, and set an example yes. of life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be enjoyed in spite of everything that's going on. It's still meant to be enjoyed. And, you know, I'm going to set as many examples as I can for as long as I can. Yeah. And I love that you're doing workshops for kids and you do all kinds of things to help kids develop, you know, through writing workshops. You have all kinds of different things you offer for schools. And I know you're going to have a very busy upcoming year. I know you're yeah. just as just as busy as ever, but um, it's it's really neat to see everything that you're doing to change the world and inspire kids and really open their minds to joy and happiness and creativity. Thank you. And we, and I know you're doing the same thing. And I, I love seeing that. Um, I, I love seeing the younger generation, meaning you, you know, on that <laughs> same path. Uh, we're on a parallel path and we're heading the same direction. And I love that. And I would, I, like I said, I would hope that I could be an inspiration to anybody of any age to do something, anything to make the world kinder, more peaceful, happier, more loving. Uh, and I think we're, we're heading, I hope that we can, I hope together we can all do that. Yeah. So it is just my pleasure. And if people want I'm excited for and you. And if people want to learn more about you. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm just like you. I have like a million things going on all the time. It's like, like, <laughs> point, like oh, what, what more can I do? It's always like, okay, let's try to write a play. Let's try to write a screenplay. Let's try to, you know, everything. So that's what I, as soon as I met you, I like, thought two peas in a pod. We've got two peas in a pod here. <laughs> Where we're right there together. Okay, now if people um, would like the book, I I just um, I'm going to recommend a couple things. First of all, I'm going to give you my phone number because I love to have people call me directly or text me and say this is what I want because then I can personalize everything. So I can I will to the person's name and uh, with love from grandma and grandpa, whatever. And, and I will sign it and date it. So my cell phone number is 740-225-8391. And I love to have people contact me. So that's one way. My email address is Sherry. My name is spelled funny. It's S-H-A-R-Y at roadrunner spelled out r-o-a-d-r-u-n-n-e-r.com sherry at roadrunner.com i'm also on facebook and a lot of people just contact me through facebook and again it's that s-h-a-r-y um williamson 
And the other way is our website. And there's tons of information on the website. And that is all put together, all lowercase, no caps, all put together in one word, the Woodland Elves, plural, the Woodland Elves. So it's www.thewoodlandels.com. Oh, the Woodland Elf, yeah, E-L-V-E-S, E-L-V-E-S.com. Yeah. We'll, we'll have this all in the comments section of the YouTube video, too, so people can click, and I'll put it all in the Facebook, too. And, and I just so love everyone. You. Will find you. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I know that we will keep in touch, and I I just, I always love to expand my heart uh, and make new friends. And, of course, once your heart has expanded, it never returns to its former dimensions. So my heart just keeps growing and growing uh, to include new family members all over the world. And I love that. And and I love you, Tracy. Cool. I'm so glad to meet you. And uh, it is just been, uh, you know, here we go. Here comes the next adventure. Adventure. And I am so appreciative to have you on today. Thank you so much, Sherry. And um, best of luck in everything you do. And thank you so much for all you do to make the world a better place and inspire future generations. Thank, thank you. you so much. I love you. And just, you know, we're going to make it. We're going to do this together. We're going to make a happier, more peaceful world together. That's what it's all about. Yep. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye. Have thank a you. Bye. Bye.